So, I had a strong disagreement with a friend. Um, I'm not going to get into the deets, as the, <laughs> as the young ones would say. Not going to get into the deets, but uh, essentially, typical, you know, m- testosterone, masculine shit. Which, honestly, anytime if you would ever call yourself masculine or alpha, you're probably really not. Because if you are, you don't have to explain. But basically, it's just head-to-head combat, right? H2H. And we were getting into it. And as a disagreement with friends, he asked me, you know what, man? He basically got fed up. You know, you get to that point of argument or... Just to the point with someone where it's like, you know what, man? I don't know what to tell you. So let's just get to the nitty gritty. Basically, you know what, man? What if the shoe was on the other foot? And I said, well, if the shoe is on the other foot, that means the shoe is outward. And we haven't spoken in over a year. Plus, um, was the joke and pun worth it? I don't know. Maybe the puns is part of the reason. He's like, I can't deal with this. Because you know what? You're not serious when you need to be. And I'm like, I don't know. Don't tie me down. Well, it's, it's like an old joke I used to wrote. And I was going through my notebook recently. Of old dumbass jokes I wrote a year ago, just whatever. And I had a ace. I had a what is what was it? It was a what is a basic bitches? I don't know why bitch. I I will just say what is a basic yeah basic. What is a basic bitches favorite shoe? A six. Um, I don't think that's how technically that joke goes, but. Moral of the story is, um, yeah, because if if your left shoe is on your right foot, the shoe is going to be outward, but your toe is inward. And that's not good for the development of your feet. And also, if you want to take it in the figurative sense that he was, because I guess it wasn't literal, it's like, well, if the shoe is on the other foot of mine, that means I am uncomfortably fitting into a shoe that doesn't fit me but you're telling me just squeeze in them and deal with the discomfort and i guess sometimes when the rubber meets the road um you're just supposed to run on them you're supposed to run on the road with your good shoes and feet welcome to episode 106 of the often be podcast don't forget to like Subscribe and suck some titties. But yeah. Ah, the good old if the shoe was on the other foot. That's a that's a beautiful quote. That's a beautiful um way of kind of turning the situation on someone. But I actually think that's a positive. I actually don't think that's being deflective. I actually don't think that's being a uh I actually don't think that's being toxic. Because you do have to ask yourself in situations, 
What if the shoe is on the other foot? Whatever you're complaining about or the other person's complaining about or has a gripe with. <laughs> gripe. Who fucking says that? Um, well, I guess me. Someone you have a someone some someone you have a tussle with as Drake well, Josh from Drake and Josh, because Drake tussles with young little fifteen year olds. Um, by the way, there's a country artist named Drake White. Just throwing that out there. Um I actually don't think it's wrong to be like if the shoe was on the other foot. It's like who are you to how would you feel if I'm sitting here bitching about X, Y, and Z, and you're in my situation, or you're in a similar situation. It's like, well, I would appreciate it, actually. Would I be defensive and tell you you're wrong? Absolutely. But I would be wrong. And that's the point. It's like they always say, mama knows best. Well, I apply them myself. I think Clint knows best. Now, of course, I'm not being so literal, like, oh my god, Clint, do you really know everything? It's like, obviously, I know I don't know everything. But I'm not friends with someone if I feel they are actually, um, if they actually have a better life perspective than me. If they actually... If they actually have a realistic grasp on things, it's like, nah, because I make everything not serious. Everything that's serious, I make not serious, and everything that's not serious, I come to this podcast and bitch about white girls and Chick-fil-A. That's just what I do. But I think in every situation, you should act exactly the opposite of what you sh- you think you should act. If something you really think is not a big deal. Make it a big deal. If something is a humongous deal. Act like it never happened. Act like it doesn't affect you. Because you know. It's not like you'll have stress build up. It's not like you'll have resentment. Anger. Want to fucking just punch. An 8 year old girl on her bicycle. Jesus Christ, just fucking cross the damn street. It's, anyways. Uh, but, it's necessary to quote unquote turn the page. Even when you're still stuck on it. Ooh, that's actually a dumb fucking philosophy shit. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Is it worth losing a friend? Over a pun. Well, I guess I come in grips to it. Um, you know, friends is friends is an interesting thing, right? And that's why I'm wearing the cap for the video. Obvi- for the video audience, I'm wearing my friend's beanie, like a Tim Pool, just trying to find a lady to make some beanie babies with. Oh, Jesus, I hate that I made that title of that one episode. But hey, clever as fuck. <laughs> but, also that's a problem with me. I really think I'm more clever than I really am. But then when you get confirmed on it, when you get confirmed on it, like, that was actually pretty good. The worst thing you could do to someone who's constantly trying, I don't even say trying to be impressive, but their thing is they're always 
working on things to make it be like, whoa, that was impressive, is to actually tell them and gas them up. Um, because it, 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 then you just have that Kanye type of shit. And honestly, Kanye is an interesting study. I really think, like, honestly, Kanye is, like, actually really insane. And I think his fans and music fans of his are actually kind of responsible for continuously um, trying to justify a lot of bad behavior for being, quote-unquote, creative musically. And I respect what Kanye does, obviously. Am I, do I listen to Kanye music like that? No. Obviously, I know fucking Kanye is. I know his deal. I know, I listened to his Donda album. I listened to it one time through. It took a while, you know, I listened sporadically. But you know what? It was actually pretty good, production-wise and everything. I get it. I get that he's a quote-unquote musical genius. I get it. But that doesn't warrant being a complete douchebag. To your, like, baby mother. It doesn't warrant, you know, and comments over the years. And I understand they're just words, but they are comments that are, like, extremely problematic. But, of course, people always say, well, that's just what happens when you're a creative genius. Alright, you know what? A creative genius may make it understandable why someone may do or say certain things. But at a certain point, all you're doing is gassing them up to know they can act and be any type of way. And you just hide behind, hey, what are you going to do? That just comes with the genius. And, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I, I think that's one of the reasons. I think people can say what they want. Can you separate the artist from their personal life? Yes. And honestly, Kanye hasn't done anything his personal life that's even remotely near like illegally that bad like r kelly and shit like that nowhere near that it's just more of a it's a little uncomfortable watching someone go off the rails and all of his fans gas him up and honestly as a fan of someone to just indulge on their music when you know that they are not in a when you're literally being selfish as a consumer in a way in the sense that you were being selfish for the simple fact that when artists put out music hold on let me let me get this process together I'm a little loopy right now um there's a weird there's a weird thing where I think we justify a little bit too much in society all because the outcome of what someone can do for you. It really is selfish like as a when you love a musician. And honestly, like we understand that pain is the best. Like honestly, pain and breakups makes a lot of music. Pain is where people relate to the most, depression type of shit. I'm not into the depression rap. I'm, I'm really not. I'm into like where there's subtle depression in rap, and I get it. But where like someone's whole album, someone's whole theme of their whole image is just about always talking about suicide every song, always talking about wanting to cut themselves and abuse and shit. It's like, all right. And I know that's contradicting coming from someone who 
just talked about three days grace. But I feel like there's a way to go about it where it's not just like, God damn, like, it's like, and you never want to be with me, heartbreak of love, and now you never want to see with me. Like, that artist NF, it's like, yeah, I get it, he could rap, but like, it's like, all of his songs are just like about depression and anxiety. And I'm kind of like, and it's directly about it. There's, there's no clever, like, there's no real subtleness to it. It's not it's like telling a story and you come to that conclusion. And I'm not saying you gotta be like Drake that completely like, my life's fucking amazing. What do I have to be depressed about? His idea of like, man, I had a down year, only made 70 million. Like, that's it's like, man, that's Drake's way of like, man, I really need to get my shit together. It's like, alright, man. But with the Kanye thing, as a fan, I feel like fans are kind of feeding into it. And I'm not in the business of just holding people accountable because, again, he hasn't done anything like that. But all this shit that people are just comfortable with, it's weird to me. You're watching someone literally be psychotic in the public eye. We justify Kanye, but honestly, I see a lot of similarities between Kanye the past, like, six, seven, eight years. And really, the Britney Spears stuff. I, I, I'm thinking this as I'm saying it. Difference is, Britney couldn't really publicly, like, speak about shit. Because, obviously, she had a conservatorship. Basically, any statement she, she put out, anything in her music, was run through a team. And it's this filtered image to make her appear a certain way. And then, when she had the public meltdown where she shaved her head and did all that shit. That's when people were like, what's wrong with her? It seemed like life said, hit me, baby, one more time. And she had a little bit too much. Um, but it's just uncomfortable. And when you see a lot of parallels, like, there, there's a lot of parallels. Like, Britney was the number one pop artist in the world, essentially. Touring everything. Kanye is essentially, some people consider him the number one producer, rap, whatever. I don't think anyone calls him, like, the best rapper, word-by-word lyrics and stuff. But in terms of musically, people will try to say and make that argument. When I listen to Kanye's music, I don't listen to, like, I don't hear the personally, I don't hear, like, the legendary stuff. Like, I don't hear that when I listen to his music. But I was like, yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff is cool. It's good. That's just me personally. Um, And I'm not a Kanye expert. I'm not even a music expert. As I've said in every fucking podcast, I've talked about any musician. But if my favorite artist was doing this public, like, I wouldn't just be like, that's just Kanye being Kanye. That's just Drake being Drake. That's just Sam Hunt being Sam Hunt. That's just John Mayer being John Mayer. Like, it'd be like, oh. It would make me... It would make me really, like... Feel 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 some different if I truly digested their music. And I feel like just people a little bit too willy-nilly about this Kanye stuff. I guess that's where I want to leave it at. Um. Oh, yeah. So, um... I was listening to some, 
And he said, bottled water is a scam. And they got into the BPAs. I don't even know what BPA means. I'm going to be straight up with you. But they say even if you buy like the gallons of water, it's a scam. And really, if you just get the filter stuff, which I've kind of recently dived into. Uh, don't call me baby. Unless you need me to pour you some filter water. Um... And there's just this, uh, is filter water, or not filter, is bottled water really a scam? Which, by the way, let me break down some water. Deer Park Aquafina, trash. Complete trash. Deer Park, uh, tastes like you're tasting from a metal container. Uh, Aquafina tastes like when you refill your water bottle and all the oils have delved into it set it feels like when you refill your water bottle seven times and the plastic and the oils have melted and when you're carrying it around it feels like you're kind of carrying like your wax in your hand except that's just what it's like the beginning that's what it tastes like there is some really bad quality oh no and dasani dasani is the absolute worst dasani is it's honestly, I feel bad for even giving it clout, but it has way more clout than me. But the fact that they put that bullshit in schools is where the real crime is. Because um, no one goes to the fucking store and buys Dasani water bottle. And if you do, you should honestly have your kids taken from you. And if you buy it for yourself, you should be on suicide watch. Because I'm thinking you don't care about yourself. Yeah. That's how much, because think about it. Your mind, your brain, your whole body is made of water. You would think you would just give yourself half decent water. I'm not telling you to be one of these. I'm not even one of these, uh, these alkaline water, alkalines, the greatest water. It's like, maybe it is, but I'm not going to pay eight bucks for every gallon of, a, of electrolyte water with the pH at 9.5, whatever the fuck that means. And I'm someone, I like a good thing of water because I drink a lot of water. My job actually is a great water system. Um, I like Amazon. Um, but water. Like, I understand eating crappy food. Because you know what? Your body can adjust the food. Your body deserves the best water. I don't care how well you do or do I don't care how many drugs you do. I don't care if you snort coke all day. You need to hydrate. And... I'm pretty sure, and I, look, if you, I know if you do like coke and shit, cocaine, I love the cocaine, I love the cocaine, talk about bucking her cherry pie, <laughs> I guess you could say it does warrant a reaction, she's my cherry pie, it's weird how they just threw that in Guitar Hero 2, was it the first one or the second one? They just threw cherry pie in there for all of us 12-year-olds to play on hard. No pun intended. Uh, Top off. <laughs> I want, by the way, side note, I once dated a girl. This was like one of her few flaws that I just like, something like it stuck with me to this day. She did not like cherries on her whipped cream on a milkshake. 
I, I had to clarify the milk shit because I realized like that that sounds like I'm talking about like American pie. Like, nah, I've never been into you know, by the way, eating in quote unquote intimate setting and um highly overrated. I'm not gonna get into the deets about that. Cause I'm not even someone that's done crazy amounts, but you know, tried some things and it's like it seems more of a hassle than what ends up happening is like when you think you're gonna be all sexy and seductive, like, mmm girl. We're gonna this is gonna be sensual and sexual. Then like whipped cream gets on your bed sheets, the syrup the chocolate syrup is going down her pelvis. And you're trying to like, oh wait, don't want it going in there. Um, then it's like, hey, yeah, and then you just end up getting, then you just end up putting a fucking towel under, and you realize after a while, and you just eat the whipped cream, and you're like, yeah, I don't think we're gonna do a round two of this specific thing, we're just gonna go back to the basics, Asics, and I did keep my shoes on, you know, for leverage, um, (laughs) now we're potting, it only took 20 minutes to get into it, but yeah, um, but I know if you do drugs and you get nosebleeds and stuff, a lot of, as far as I know, the reason why a lot of people get nosebleeds is simply because hydration, good hydration. See, you can drink a lot of shitty water and not be hydrated. Have you ever felt like when you drink, where, by the way, side note for hydration facts, um... When you are dehydrated, like, I don't know if you've ever woken up and you're just completely, your mouth is dry, yeah, you feel like shit because, you know, maybe you didn't drink enough water the day before, maybe you're hungover, I don't know. The worst thing you could do is just start chugging water. It's the absolute worst thing. Well, I shouldn't say the worst thing. The second worst thing is not drinking any water, but the second worst thing, 1B to the 1A, is... Start chugging and chugging. You're not going to, one, not only are you not going to become more hydrated, all you're doing actually is depleting the hydration that's actually in your chest, ready to come out. You're supposed to kind of gradually sip, 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 and just gradually start getting some going. You will hydrate way faster. Like, within an hour and a half or two hours, if you do it correctly, you will be Back to kind of normal, depending on the reason why ever you're dehydrated. Fun fact. By the way, sponsor today, Liquid IV. Uh, all right, yeah, let's just go ahead and get reading the ad, get it over with. Till I wait till at least halfway through the pod, but fuck it. That's what the timestamps are for. All right, guys, Liquid IV. Ever need to hydrate? Ever chug too much? Ever drank a little bit too much? Um... As you get older, your hydration levels deplete, and your hydration levels varies. You can drink all the water in a day and do everything right, and still not reach your optimal levels. Whether you do extraneous exercise, or very little. Liquid IV is for everyone, because it doesn't... What does that say? It doesn't harp on the fact that... You need, what What the fuck does this say? Jesus Christ. I really need to learn how to read. Um, keep reading. Keep, keep reading. Um, 
Okay, so basically, blah, 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 yeah, let's skip through. They're not going to like the fact that I'm kind of skimming through this, but you know what? They pay me the least out of all the sponsors in the next month, so I really don't give a fuck. Um, yeah, um, Liquid IV. Uh, oh, now we have three different forms. You can have the, uh, under the supervision of a doctor, you go to your doctor and get monthly treatments, and Liquid IV will cover it through your health insurance. That's kind of cool. Um, you can also, now they have a powder you could put in your water. Yeah, but I will say, just personally, yeah, uh, for this powder thing, you know, kind of like a crystal light type of powder. Don't put in shitty water. Take advantage. If you're not, so I understand, like, and I know I just shitted on buying $8 water. At least have quality water when you do the liquid IV try to maximize it don't put in some deer park bullshit and think like then you're just wasting the liquid IV money and their product don't waste the product I care okay so yeah liquid IV um stay hydrated and keep it gyrating for the ladies and that is the read so liquid IV okay guys Back to the show. Let me do my editing for the video. Fast forward. Alrighty. Back to the episode. Alright. So. But yeah. Um. You know what's. The, you know what's. An, the boy, What's the most annoying thing. I, I will say this. I'm not going to. I'm not in the business. To be an. To be a grant a grant cardone to tell you that renting is always renting is better than owning cuz you know typically people that say that when they try to when they try to teach big courses and charge you money ironically to tell you something that's like I paid $1400 for you to tell me that I'm going to teach you the things that make me a lot of money um yeah you kind of read between that and the thing about one of the great things about renting in a place is that if shit hits the fan in a place, you're not really responsible for it. You know, your window, uh, let's say someone breaks in to your apartment, right? They steal your bed, steal your camera. Uh, and by the way, this is if you have renter's insurance. You know, don't just assume. Um, let's say they break in, they can steal your bed, steal your TV that you don't use, steal everything in your fridge, steal your camera, steal your laptop, steal this microphone, steal your friend's hat. And guess what? Hey, I'm getting that money back. Whatever I lost, I'm getting back. One of the shitty and. Because, well, you know, but one of the shitty, I was one of the shitty things about renting, though, is the fact that they will just start adding dumb fucking shit. Like, hey, you know what? We're going to incorporate a electronic lock. Because, you know, the manual ones with keys and shit, it's a little too ironclad for your protection. So we're going to create this one where it's a keypad. Where you have a passcode. 
And it's by the hands of your touch, whether locks or unlocks, where if there were to be any outages, if there were to be any issues with the lock, mechanically, electronically, that's on a fucking battery, then you know what? You would be fucked. But you know what? This is what we're going to have to protect all your assets of something that you pay, let's just say, a decent amount per month to live in, right? That's the type, and you can't really do nothing about it. You just have to sit there, bend over, and then they'll just creep it in, by the way. Something that you didn't ask for an upgrade, quote-unquote, which I would not call an upgrade, especially when it doesn't fucking work. And it's already, the battery's already fucking dead. I get locked outside for 15 minutes when it's 28 degrees out while I'm holding food. And then, you know what opens it? Like an old TV. Never fails. You know, you used to just beat the shit out of those old fucking wooden TVs to get them going. I, you punch the fucking lock and it opens. That's all it takes. By the way, if anyone wants to rob me, find where I live, just punch the lock. It will magically open for you. You don't even have to know the code. Yeah. But by the time this comes out, it should be fixed. But I don't really consider anything the smart lock. It's just dumb as fuck. It's just dumb. Um, I, I don't, Actually, I don't like the fact that I can lock or unlock a fucking door on my phone. I don't like that. I don't like that I could change the temperature in my house. Or where I live on my phone. I don't like that I get turned lights on or off on my phone. I really don't. I actually think a lot. I like. I understand technology is cool. And if I owned a home, I understand the ring doorbell shit. That makes sense. You know, you could see when someone's about to kidnap your dog. You could see uh, when you're not home and your kids are home. And someone rings the doorbell. You could see if it's the FedEx guy or, you know... Baby daddy about to kidnap your kids and take them to Nebraska. Nothing you could do about it. But at least you have them on file and you have video evidence of it. And you know the deal. That makes sense. You're protecting assets, protecting your children, everything. I get it. You can even like set alarms. Uh, you can like see views of the street. You can be in a Morgan Wallen situation and across, like the cul-de-sac, off someone's ring doorbell, they record you saying some things you shouldn't be saying. And I'm pretty sure that person got a lot of money by selling that. Here's the thing. Well, by the way, side note for that situation. By the way, obviously, not condoning anything. And I don't even feel bad that he got canceled and shit. Even though, ironically, all it did was drive up his sales and made more people who want to feel this need to always defend bullshit by buying and selling it. Like, it's kind of like, like, honestly, no one was listening to Neil Young on a daily. And now that everyone that hates everything Joe Rogan and Spotify is doing, now they're going to go find Neil Young music. Not because they like the genre. Not because they give a fuck about Neil Young. Not because even most of them knew who Neil Young was before that. Because if you knew who Neil Young was before that, you would probably be able to name one song. I can't 
and you can't. But now they're going to go find and be like, yes, this it's like, no young is highly underrated. How have I not heard of this person? It's like, or maybe this guy's capitalized on the fact that he's trying to get more of a fan base back to listen to his music. I don't know. Just a theory. But anyways, what was I talking about? Um, Jesus Christ. I need, again, like the last episode, I need to rewind. Oh, fuck. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like this whole technology. I don't like... I like the Tesla shit. I rode in a Tesla. I said on a previous pod, and it was cool as fuck. But I I don't like the fact that it gets sense vehicles and it just stops or it starts. Cause what if there's a what if there's a fuck up? The ramifications of a fuck up when you're going 80 miles per hour in a self-driving car. What if it doesn't detect the vehicle above? What if it doesn't? Maybe that'll never happen. But maybe it will. And that's my thing with electric cars. At the same time. By the way, I understand saving the environment. Whatever. Even though you're using a lot of power. It takes a lot of fucking electricity to build to fuel, quote unquote, one of those vehicles. And look, there's negative and positive with everything. I'm not going to get into that. What I am saying is... Like... I would just rather know how much, and I understand, it, like, the, like, a Tesla battery, electric cars, like, the battery is essentially like your phone, you know, it's right there, you see the percentages, like, you need to refill, except, what if you're in the middle, what if you're driving through the Vegas desert, you know, that Vegas Route 66 shit, where there's notoriously... Just nothing but sand and dirt in the desert. There's really no gas stations except like every 50, 60 miles. And if you're an electric Tesla, not really useful. It's like, obviously, you got to prepare. That's on you. But there's no, you know, you're, and maybe like 10 years from now, there'll be Tesla pumps everywhere. I don't fucking know. Maybe a quick trip, they'll have four things for Teslas and the rest of the 20 that fuck us in the ass for and never, by the way, these gas stations never print your receipt. Just throwing that out there at the gas pump. It never actually prints your receipt. And they're never out of paper because you fucking hear it. It just doesn't work. I don't know. Just a side note. Um, I just, uh, I'm not at ease with this shit. I don't like that I can do every, uh, there's some things I like to, if I, would, if I want to change the temperature, I just like to go to the thing. Directly do it. Get the satisfaction. They're trying to basically train you. Oh, Jesus. I'm starting to sound like one of the... They're trying to train you to be communist. No. Like... Uh, why well, I was trying to sound like a childish Alex Jones. They're trying to train you to be childish. It's communist. No. But... I, I don't like that I can lock and unlock on my phone. I really don't. Because guess what? What if someone steals my fucking phone? I don't have a passcode on my phone. And even if I did, it's never stopped anyone. Guess what? Chances are they steal my phone. They probably know where I live. Which means, and on the thing, it literally says your address. So, it's no secret. They come in there. They don't even have to know the number pin pad code. 
They just come up there, pull out your phone, unlock, boom, go in, Amityville Horror Me, the first family, in the head. Like that, like that dad did to like all the fucking kids in the Amityville Horror, like the beginning of the story, where, you know, you've seen the movie, you get it. Yeah. He kills his whole fucking family. Shoots the dog. Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> yeah. I know, Jesus. I'm starting to sound like a boomer. All this shit. It's not because I can't operate it, by the way. It's not because I'm technologically inept. Even though, kind of. But not really. I just... I just like the, I, there's just a satisfaction when you come home from work and stick your Averex key, you turn a left, you hear the click, and you open the door, and it's a satisfaction, and it's happy birthday. Nowadays, you, you like tap it, put in your thing, and then the screen flaps out. Like, it's just not reliable, and I didn't ask for it. Oh, and... They just want to sneak an extra, we added like 40 bucks a month to your bill every month. It's like, for something that actually doesn't work, I mean, you guys already charge me for a fucking gated community when the gate's literally over 60% of the time, and that's being fucking generous. I've gone three weeks without having to use my fucking key to enter. I don't even know how to use the guest interest. So, if my key would ever never be able to work to enter for whatever fucking reason, I would have to tag along from someone from behind and be one of those douchebags. And, I don't know. And then you may get one of those douchebags who stop immediately after the gate and they just want to see your car get crushed. Like, you're not entering. It's like, well, either I'm going to enter or we're going to enter. Because I'm just going to rail you from behind if that's what I got to do. And you're going to get us both. So, fuck you, Toyota Sentra. Um, I just, you know, I, it's a definition of just... I, I really think in today's world, we are doing too much. All these cool creations are cool, but we just got to ask ourselves. Have they actually made... Are lives easier? Are they actually more efficient? Are these electronic pads that lock and, un- lock and unlock our doors for our protection? Are they actually easier? Because it's made my life a living fucking nuisance. The only reason why I even know that you punch it to open it is because I got so fed up with it one night, I just fucking punched it. Straight up. And I was like, fuck, that was dumb. And I heard a noise and I thought I broke the shit. And then it was, it was an unlocking noise and a little din din which means enter. And I entered and I'm like, what the fuck? And I was mad when I entered. It's like, that's what it takes? This is this is advanced technology. Something that you do in a 1994 38 inch fucking square TV with a wooden frame on the ground with like Static. Doesn't sound like advanced technology to me. But you know what? Fuck me. Charge me extra. For something that doesn't work. Charge me for gated. 
that with the gates, you guys never really make sure they're working. Don't really even care. And my windows has like a little crease in it, a little seal that's open. I could call in a service, but it's like, why? Why? So you put a webcam in here? Watch what I do in my room? It's like, watch the podcast, you whores. You know, I wonder if they, you know, like if your job, your job has a right to fire you. Your job has like the right to fire you or get rid of you if you say something on a public platform, basically social media. If you're like, oh, I shouldn't be fired for having an opinion. It's like, eh, you said you hated Jews. Um, and you work at a bagel shop in New York. You can't really, you got, you got to know your area code. And honestly, if you hate Jews, I, I, I actually, I don't like the term Jews because it sounds like slang. It sounds like I'm saying like a dirty slang word. I always say Jewish people, but you know what I mean? Like, you you like, it's weird. I don't know how you can hate a group when you voluntarily live in an area where a group is predominantly at, New York is like the biggest Jewish state in America. Maybe even the world. Well, obviously not the world. That's what like Hebrew and Judaism. And, oh, Judaism. I'm a fucking idiot. You know what I mean. Jerusalem. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No pun intended. But it would be like moving. It'd be like moving the Utah. Salt Lake City or whatever the fuck. And being like, Jesus, fucking Mormons. It's like, you moved here voluntarily. By the way, I heard this thing about Donovan Mitchell. There's a Salt Lake City tax where he gets the Supermax like a year early. I don't know what the fuck that means. Or he gets even more than the Supermax. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I have no clue. I, I like... I just saw the headline. I didn't know what it meant. And honestly, I didn't really care. But I did find it interesting since we were talking about Utah. I just want to say, why do you move to areas? Or why do you live in areas that you can move out of? There's a lot of space in this world you could go to that don't have the people you hate. And honestly, feel like people that, you know, you can even say racist. I wasn't even going to go that extreme like racist. I was going to stick more to like, religion i was instead more to the type of environment of area like why do you continuously live in it be like i really believe people that are not southerners quote unquote but they like living because you know the south like the deep south like kentucky mississippi Parts of Louisiana and even parts of Georgia. Not saying I lived in parts of Georgia. You can even say Florida to an extent. Um, You know, I already said Mississippi. Um, Parts of, you know, there's a lot of parts of South Carolina. A little bit of North Carolina. Arkansas. Well, Arkansas is a little bit in the middle. You you get what I'm trying to say. But typically we're considered the quote-unquote dumbest people. We're not considered the smartest parts of America. You know, there's a perception of there's the deep swamp areas. There's the Appalachian, West Virginia type of mountain shit where it's 
you know, hillbillies, there's dirt bike, and there's four-wheel and mud and, and all this shit. And look, all that shit, yeah, it happens. It's a real thing. But like anywhere you go, of course, that's not really what all of it is. But I do believe there are people who voluntarily live places that doesn't fit who they are. Because it makes them it makes them feel better. I'm trying to think how to put this. I know what I mean, but I'm trying to word it. See, you know what? It's okay when you're talking to podcasts and to speak aloud and like I know what I'm trying to say, but I want to make sure I say it. Like it's okay. Take your time. Got no rush to be. Um Okay. Okay, I think here's what I mean. I think there's people, for example, let me give an example to explain the point better. Let's say someone is a, let's say someone's a really good marketer, marketer, is a marketer or just marketing person? Let's say, let's say they work for an ad agency, right? You're not going to really, you know, let's say they, let's say they work for an ad agency. They could, most ad agencies would be like New York City. That's simply those type of titles you hear. Or the big cities, you know, Chicago, uh, Minneapolis even, um, California. For different things, you know, that's where the buzz is happening. That's where shit's happening. So there's a lot to advertise. In Atlanta, for example. But you live about 40 minutes outside of there. And you live, let's just say, I don't know, Douglasville. (laughs) That sounds like I said that specifically. I don't know why Douglasville came to mind. I've had a few incidents at Douglasville that only a few friends of mine ever know the story. And I did a 40, is it 40? 25 minute song on it back in the day. Good times. Um, moral of the story is when you go to the bathroom, uh, when you turn the lights on, because you're just trying to Wipe clean. Um, it makes you. Jesus. Sorry. I had like a traumatic, like fucking in the zone in my head moment. Holy crap. That was like a weird pause. I don't know what happened. Anyways. Jesus Christ. Get your head in the game. Um, But yeah. You know what? Fuck the example. Jesus, I'm a fucking idiot of this pod. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like in it, but I'm not in it. I feel like my hot streak is now ending. You know, I'm not like on a uh, Adam. I'm not like on a uh, Chris Davis on the Baltimore Orioles streak where, what was he like, oh for like 58 or some weird shit? And he hit like 150 for a season, striking out like. 300 times, whatever the fuck it was. 
But damn, like, I'm definitely like, eh. Sure you don't need to do a couple AAA games today, bud? It's like, no, coach, I could be a utility player. Because uh, I'm definitely not utilizing my potential. Um, but it's kind of like, a, all right, here's a, I'm so terrible at making these examples of the show. Um, it's kind of like when, it's kind of like the old, oh, the hot, the average girl is friends with the ugly girl to make herself look a little better because the side-by-side comparison. It's like the shallow how theory, the dumb thing where, well, it was also in, uh, what was it? Fucking, uh, hall pass with. With uh, Owen Wilson, Jason Segas, where they did the whole goggle thing. Or he did the whole, like, the magician hands thing side to side. And he said, put it in. He put the hands close. She looked good when you isolate it. But then when you widen it and compare it to the rest of the room, it was, oh, oh, Jesus. Like, she has zit. She looked like a, she looked like a worm, essentially. And it was just, yeah. By the way, Hall Pass. Not really a good movie. Doesn't exactly live up to the billing. When a movie's, like, when a movie is something called that, you're thinking, like, oh, it's going to be, like, a 40-year-old virgin or knocked up, like, a Judd Apatow class. Like, if Judd Apatow does that movie, it's a complete different movie and works. And Hall Pass is just this lazy shit of, oh, the people... The guys that want it so bad, that want the hall pass so bad, they realize they actually have no game and can't fuck and can't get any girl of reason. And then they basically did a bunch of bullshit and had no fun, didn't take advantage of it. The best part is, though, there was a lot of Applebee's in it. A lot of Applebee's. Gotta respect it. Always respecting the American cuisines that make the world go round. Um... But it was just like, alright, wow. A story where the person that thinks they want something most realize they actually don't need it, nor is it good for them, nor is it actually what they really wanted. But then, their wives, one took advantage of it, and the other almost took advantage of it. And they ended up basically using the hall pass that they gave their husbands. So, was it worth it? Kind of like my friend. Once the shoe was on the other foot, it was just, it's just been, it's it's just been a gap year, let's just say. You know, we, uh, we just took a year off from each other. It's just been a gap year, right? Um, I believe I saw a statistic randomly, by the way. I, I think I saw it, it was a long time ago, like, probably like last year sometime. That it was like 85 to 90%, somewhere in that percentile of people that take, that leave school once or take a gap year. Not, they take a gap year after they've already done school, after they've already done some college. Not graduate from high school, take a gap year and then go to college. Like, they legitimately... Went to school, went to college for some time, decided to take a gap year. And even if they went back, 
whether they went back or not, 85 to 90% of them ended up leaving school before they even got any type of degree or certificate or anything. So basically, moral story is if you leave some the first time, there's probably a reason. Maybe you're just, you know, I really, most people actually leave or drop out of college not because they legitimately flunked out or couldn't graduate. They just generally like, it's just like, what are we doing here? And I know people say, oh, well, you know, if you're going to, it's like, well, you're going to have that attitude. You're never going to finish anything. It's like, oh, well, there's that that's different between winners and quitters. It's like, or people are just bored out of their fucking mind and don't want to waste the time doing something that the payoff isn't necessarily worth it for everyone. Because it's like, oh, it's not like you do all the boring school stuff and then the job is fun, necessarily. It's like, if you don't enjoy the school process of learning all the stuff that you're going to do, you're not just going to then enjoy the actual final product. If you're teaching, it's all in the process. Because if it's all in the process, the process to get to exposition, and I'm speaking out of my ass, just speaking out loud. I'm not saying don't go, I would never say that. And I think it's idiotic to tell people that school is not important. Because depending on what you do, different strokes for different folks, whatever bullshit. But what I will say is look up the numbers. Most people nowadays, I I, I think it was like 45% of people that graduate with a degree don't even work in the field. That they got a degree in. Five years plus out of college. And it that's absurd to me. It's like. Just because you have a degree. It doesn't guarantee you get a job. But there should be. In, there should be programs and stuff where. Graduate with this. There's a process to an internship. Or to something. That just makes sense right. Like. But then we keep on saying they have shortage there's shortages in these positions. But yeah, there's plenty of people with these degrees who have the qualifications technically to apply for these jobs and they're like then they want to still be like, now we have standards. It's like, alright, like I, I get it, but it's like I don't know. The process is always everything to me. The final result is typically a result of how much you enjoyed the process. Of whatever it is. But Fuck that. I'm gonna stop talking about that. Um, yeah. Cause I don't like being I I'm trying not to be too preachy here. All I do on this show is bitch about shit off the cuff, kind of off the cuff, even though it's it's that's the thing. The show's not planned, but there's definitely things in my head that have just built up and then when I turn on the camera and I talk about something, something reminds me of this and I'm like, Oh yeah, and then this bitch <laughs> It's like I'm by the way, I'm not actually that mad about just about anything I say on here. Like I said earlier, I was like like I said the beginning is it prologue? This is just a prologue. Started showing up into our lips. 
I can't be your eyes. But, yeah, this is just a prologue, because epilogue's the end, which is kind of weird. Just call it the fucking last chapter. That's another thing. Here I go again, bitching about shit, as I'm explaining why I don't really bitch about shit. Like, this, I get the prologue is technically may set up something, so when you start the book, you're kind of in a position to understand what the fuck's happening. Or just have the first chapter kind of set it up. I don't know. Crazy thought. The prologue and epilogue shit in books has always been kind of dumb to me. And I had to read a couple books I didn't really read in school. And it would always have that prologue, epilogue shit. And the teacher would say, you don't have to read the prologue or epilogue. And then guess what? Then when we take the quiz or test, guess what the first four questions were out of the 40? Stuff that happened in the fucking epilogue. It's cool though. Not mad. Maybe that's the setup. It's like, well, you should always take interest to do extra. It's like, well, no. Because I'm assuming if you're a teacher and you're telling me these things aren't really essential to the story and it's a literature class, I'm going to take your word as a professional literaturist. I don't think that's a real thing. Um, But as a person that likes to read a fucking lot and can break down and diagnose story themes and all this shit, I'm going to assume I'm going to take your word for it. And that's the problem with this misinformation. Because there's been too many people where we're supposed to trust. I trusted that literature teacher when he said, you don't need another prologue. Then Then I get the test and the first four questions we're literally about the prologue. It's like, all right, fuck me, huh? Or when you had, a, when you would get a quiz or test over four short stories, which short stories are the absolute worst because they're like 18 to 20 pages. I either want to read something that's four pages or 150 because at least 150, I'm getting some details. Short story is like, what the fuck? Like you're kind of getting the shit, but you're kind of not. You're not really getting into something. And they'll they'll do a test over like four short stories. Like a Midsummer Night's Day and all this bullshit. And they're never evenly amount of questions for each story. And they'll say like, oh, well, it'll just be... The test will just predominantly be over these three stories. This other one we haven't really covered. So you know what? I'm not really going to put it on it. Then guess what? You get the test... And guess what the good majority of the questions are? The one story they said was not going to be on there. And then we wonder why. See, it's it's the that situation taught me this. And this is why I'm very pessimistic and um, I'm against this whole. Yeah, I'll just say I'm against this whole that everything is misinformation, even if it quote unquote technically is. Because what that we always want to say trusted sources but as great as that sounds trusted sources shouldn't just be blindly trusted just because a quote-unquote trusted source who we would deem who has credentials to have knowledge of things that doesn't mean that everything they say you should just bend over and take their little dick over it you just shouldn't it doesn't make sense because guess what? Let's say let's say a history professor. 
a renowned history professor who's an expert says, actually, you know what? Holocaust, not real. You know, that's a conspiracy, a dumbass conspiracy, but a conspiracy. And there's actually real people who believe that. All right. But imagine a renowned history professor were to come out on some TV network and they do an interview with him. He says, well, actually, the Holocaust isn't real. By your definition, because of what we deem his certificates and knowledge, we shouldn't question it. Not one bit of it. Well, he's a professor, so we should just trust the professor. Is that right? And I'm not making this about medical stuff. But what that literature situation told me is I don't always trust people who are smarter, quote unquote, than me. And I know that sounds dumb because I think you can learn a lot more from people who are the same IQ as you than people who are significantly smarter than you. That's the weird thing. Like, I I really think a lot of people think if they were to sit down with Elon Musk for three hours, that like they would just their mind would turn in the mega mind and like their life would change. And that they could sit there and take all the notes, all the questions they could have, and he can be an open book. And I don't think that changes really a whole lot. All that all you because all you really did if you have a dinner, it's like the whole would you rather. $500,000 or have a hour and a half sit down with Jay-Z. And of course, all these advanced entrepreneurs like, I would have the hour and a half at Jay-Z because he could teach me how to flip 20000 into $100 million. It's like, I mean, he could. He's probably not going to, though. Hate to break it to you because you don't have the catalog of a Jay-Z. You have to be in a position to even have a say in a business Start your own streaming site and to sell it. He'd be like, yeah, you know what? Get really good at something. Make a lot of money. Make a name. The other people want to invest in you to help you make more money. Invest kind of wisely. Make yourself have a valuable name. And then just maybe you can buy 0.001% of the nets. Then you can... Invest in this and make a lot of money doing that. But I really think a lot of people just think if I just if I just had a sit down with Bezos or Elon Musk or the smartest individual deemed in the world that that would just wear off on them and that everything they learned they would direct it to their life and it would autom- and it would just directly equal to if I do this I will become this. And chances are. You're probably going to learn some shit and you may be able to positively benefit your life. I don't see how after that your life would be worse. Like you would have to really do some dumb shit to sit down with someone who has $220 billion and leave that a year later and lose 10% of your net worth. Like, yeah, you'd have to fuck some shit up. But I guarantee you, you could probably learn more and become better at whatever you're really trying to do. Sitting, studying with a peer 
who's actually on your level, quote-unquote. I know how weird that sounds. Like, I've always kind of had this weird theory that I don't believe we necessarily learn the most from teachers. I think a really good teacher teaches you that learning is really just keeping your ears and eyes open. I know, what Clint getting all corny and shit, but think about it. A lot of your learning is seeing observation and stuff you hear. Now, you know, again, this is again, this is not renowned. This is not. Don't ask. What's your source? My source is my fucking life. So go fuck yourself and stick my life up your ass. That's my source. And then shit it out, flush it down the toilet, and call it a day, and you can forget about it. But when your plumbing is coming back up, and I flood your fucking bathroom floor, I don't want to hear it. You sack of shit. No pun intended. Anyways. Um, you know, any good teacher will tell you, you're think think about the biggest impactful teachers you ever had. It's not the ones that taught you the most of the subject they were teaching you. It's the ones that made you interested in something that you didn't think you'd be interested in. That kept you engaged. That really made you invoke the qualities that make learning something an actual skill. Because the skill of learning isn't you learn this subject, you learn this specific thing, and you learn how to do X, Y, and Z. It's learn to me, it's it's learning how to learn. That's why I like learning how to learn is actually like the biggest skill set. Because if you learn how to learn, you can learn anything. But when you don't know how to learn, people are just saying shit. And it could take, you know, there's turning points to different people's lives. You know, for what makes you take shit more serious and stuff. But what, I guess what I'm really trying to say about learning is that learning... The, I, I know the greatest couple teachers I have, right? One was a math teacher. One was an English teacher, literature teacher. And I believe the impact of him breaking down movies and the ob- weird detail that seemed crazy obsession at the time. Like, she's wearing this shirt you see that shadow that stands for her past and all this shit but like all right man like i don't think every scene when they're filming there's some deep subliminal message with the way your hand is but then you start watching movies on your own and you just nonchalantly over years you catch things like oh it isn't bullshit even if that's not by design people will inexplicably or inevitably when they're making movies or writing books make things connect even when they weren't trying to make it connect because simply the mind just connects things together by learning you know it's like when the old thing like well when you're doing word problems in math just change the words what if these were eight baseballs always thought that shit was corny 
trying to what this do with the what this was eight baseballs and they it's like all right I don't know like that shit was always kind of corny, but when I write today and I'll end the pod with this when I write today the impact of that lit teacher um it really festered on me I really think that teacher even though I don't remember really. Any technique I learned in that class. I don't remember any paper I wrote in that class. But I remember his way of teaching to make you learn. And I have taken that attention to detail in a lot of other things that have been beneficial to me. That's why when people say, yeah, I'm never going to use this. No, you may never use this. But you will use the way that teacher taught you something and you will apply that teaching in how to learn into many different things. And I'm a math teacher in a different way where it was very like, I mean, look, it's clear cut. You either put in the time or you don't. And he wasn't a dick about it. It was like, look. And there would be some life philosophy in that class. And I didn't give two fucks about math. But the point is, is that teaching is about what you realize years after it's taught. More times than not. You're going to learn more from teachings years after you're taught it than in the moment. Because life has to change, different circumstances, and you either appreciate or didn't realize something and it hits you one day. Like, wow. My attitude does suck. Wow. I don't work hard enough at things that I need to put more time in. Things just don't happen just because you want, you know, just throwing shit out there. But yeah. Moral of today's podcast is if the shoe was on the other foot, would you keep on wearing them? Because, you know, your toe would be inward, but the shoe would be outward. You wouldn't want to do that all day, would you? So next time someone says, what if the shoe was on the other foot? You could even patent me. You could even give me the credit if you don't want to fall on the sword. Just say... What goes out hurts on the inside. And that inside is your fucking big ass toe. And that is episode fetish 106. This was not the greatest podcast of all time by any means. But it's one nothing less. And remember, podcasts are not about perfection. It is about pressing... You know, well, depending on what you pressing the button, pressing the record button, whatever that means for your audio camera, whatever the fuck, you get the point. It really is. Just keep doing them. Not every episode is gonna hit, but when they hit, it feels really good. All right, have a great day. Like and subscribe and suck some titties. And this is the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm gonna start doing that as my intro. I'm actually going to name the podcast my intro so people know 
What the fuck am I listening to? Often beat with Clint Nelson. Ooh. All right. Have a great day, guys. Have a great day. Whenever this fucking podcast comes out, probably Thursday. Because, you know, I got fucking, I'm doing fucking three shifts Friday, two tomorrow. I'm trying to make this bank and take them back and cause a monopoly. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Might as well wait till it gets an hour and 12 minutes. Because, you know, you can't stop like two seconds before. You know, you gotta fulfill the obligation. Why can't we be friends? Because the shoe is on the other foot.